Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I am your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And I'm hanging out with a new friend of mine, uh, Miguel Garcia. Miguel has founded seven different companies. He's on his eighth. And that's not even the most impressive thing that I'm going to tell you. He's the he's currently the co-founder with his wife of an amazing company called Natural Choice Company. It's naturalchoicecompany.com. And the most impressive thing is that he had not just one child, not two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 children. So uh, I don't think I've met somebody in my entire life until I met Miguel. And uh, Miguel's the proud father of, of uh, has had 15 children. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Chad, for having me. It's going to well, be a fun it's great. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to dig in with you because I really enjoyed your presentation in Florida, what you're doing with the towelettes with uh, more natural oils, rather than the, you know, the stuff that a lot of these airplanes use that give you and, you know, it rubs off, you have to keep doing it over and over. So uh, really cool product. Before we get into that, I like to rewind the tape and, and ask you the question, you know, where were you born and raised? What were some of the things that you were passionate about when you were a kid? So I was born and raised uh, in Mexico. Uh, Guadalajara was the city where I was born. And then um, against my will, they brought me to the States, but they lied to me. My parents sort of kidnapped me. Um, my dad moved to the States in 71 in Chicago, and uh, we moved. Then on, in 76, the whole family moved in and uh, I had a scholarship in Mexico for all my uh, um, like my 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 high school and my uh, college and whatever I wanted to do in life in a very prestigious school. So my parents go, OK, you're going to go back. You're going to go on and be very successful. But my mom was very because um, I spent a lot of time with my mom since 71, 77. Um, you know, I, my teenage years or whatever, I was about 13, 14 when I went back to Mexico and I just unleashed, man. I started hanging out with the guys. I was living with my grandparents and they were a little softer and started doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Then my parents said, Hey, why don't you come to Chicago for the winter? You know, you never seen snow. It's beautiful. So yeah, got on a plane, landed in Chicago, 
mom took the password and she said, Monday, you're going to school. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? And so she goes, you're not going back. And I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, uh, but my, you know, my infancy was full of, uh, um, I think, innocence and and freedom. Um, I didn't know I was poor. We were dirt poor. But I, you know, played soccer on the street, six years old having fun and, you know, barefooted or, or with, you know, shoes torn up or whatever. And it didn't matter to me. And I look back at those years and I really um, miss that freedom that, you know, I would never, I never wondered what was I going to eat? I knew that there were beans and rice and that's all I needed. So they never wanted anything more than to, to go play soccer. You know, I love playing soccer. Well, it's interesting because if you ask an entrepreneur who's juggling, you know, maybe they're on the board of five companies and they're the CEO of their company and on a scale of one to 10, how happy you are. And if they really look in the mirror, sometimes some people could say, well, I'm a four, right? <laughs> Even though they've got everything. And, yeah. and I think what you're articulating is, you know, it's happiness is all a relative term, right? And you were just as happy kicking the soccer ball on the street, eating rice and beans than being a seven-time founder of different companies. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool. So I'm part of the Mastermind uh, Artist Syndicate. Um, been there for three years. I'm actually, they call me the godfather. I don't know why, maybe because I'm the oldest one probably. But I've met a lot of, uh, you know, my brothers and sisters in that um, mastermind and very successful, very successful. But, you know, family-wise or whatever, or they don't have the faith and, and they're not happy. They got toys. They got all sorts of things. They keep buying things to sort of uh, appease that sadness or whatever. And it, they're, they're not happy. I, you know, I have a, a 2013 Ram pickup truck and I love it still. I, mean, I don't crave the Lamborghinis, exotic cars, anything like that, because I got everything else. You know, I got my faith in, in my family. I have an awesome relationship with my wife. She's my super best friend. Um, you know, my children, we hang out together all the time and I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's right. Well, thinking about when you played soccer in the streets, there's probably some traits and characteristics you found, right? Were you defense or offense? Were you the leader? Were you, and, and think about those characteristics of you as a kid and now look, look at yourself today and in the seven companies you've worked for. Is there a common thread or you know why do you think you became a founder of multiple companies what what led you from there to here that's an excellent question let me compliment you on that because it it really makes me think Uh, i was always a leader i mean i always take charge of things um you know even though i was a third one we were nine when we were growing up and i was the third one and i always they considered me like the oldest because everybody came to me for things because i would get things done um, I'm a, I'm a doer, man. Uh, I just get things done and I do things with a sense of urgency. I want to get this done. I want to get this done and I get it done. Um, leadership qualities. I mean, I was always like the captain of, of the team, even though I was a smaller or whatever, but somehow I managed to rise up and, 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 and lead and inspire people. I remember teaching uh, some of the kids we're in a championship game. There's a couple of guys that go in there and they don't know how to do a couple of things. We went into penalty kicks and they're freaking out. 
this is for the championship. And I'm going, okay, just focus on this, do this, ignore everything else. You're going to be fine. And they score and they look at me with those eyes like, my God, that's so awesome. You know, I accomplished this on my own. And um, I was probably 11 years old doing, doing that kind of stuff. So I, I think that translated into my business uh, um, life. I bought, again, I've always been a leader or pursue that naturally, in, instinctively. Um, I'm an alpha person, man. Well, so think about people listening to the podcast. Maybe they're an individual contributor, or maybe they're grinding the gears. They're not happy with the life they're living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes if you rewind and go back to six and nine and eight and all those years and go, who was I as a kid? Because at that point, you're unfiltered, right? Your parents haven't necessarily influenced you, teachers, pastors, whoever you meet out in the street. You're, you're your own kid and you're in the eyes of God, right? Like you're just living the dream and the passion. Oh, and yeah. so the further we get off of that track, the more we can go back and be the kid and go, oh, that's what I loved to do. The more we line up with that, the less grinding of the gears and the easier it becomes, at, at least what I've found throughout my career. Yeah, you know, I found that, um, you know, on Instagram, I had a, a, a program going on for a few months. It was called Mondays with Miguel. And I would take a free phone call from anybody for between 30 and, and 45 minutes. And the common denominator on those phone calls, and, and I did hundreds of calls, uh, people were, weren't happy with, with what they have, with their looks, with there was something wrong with them whatever it was, you know, lack of money, lack of good looks, lack of talent, lack of this and that. And I, I always ask the question, who are you comparing to? And that's the problem. You know, we're unique. Uh, you know, I tell my children, there's only one of you. It, it's never been anybody like you. It will never be anybody else like you. If you think about the uniqueness of, 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 uh, a creation. Mm. It's the same thing with, with animals, fish, horses, whatever you want. They've, they've been created once. Like one of the things that blows my mind is, is your, your, um, your uh, fingerprints. Really? I mean, you look at this little finger, can it be billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of, since the beginning of the, of the world of, of fingerprints? That's only God's work, man. It's amazing. So I tell people, don't compare yourself to anybody. You're unique. Find what your gifts are and pursue that. I mean, those are your strengths. Don't work, don't look at your weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. And, you know, usually some people do snap out of it and they go, they, they realize that, uh, that they've been, um, I don't know, cheated by the fact that, you know, the social media outlets glamorize everything. You know, like they say, people have their highlight reel in, in, in the social media um platforms and, and you're comparing to them and you're like wow but but i tell you what i've met the most saddest persons that were so successful on, on social media when do you get one-on-one -on -one, a lot of issues a lot of yeah issues. <laughs> well <clears throat> on my wall i've got a fingerprint made of bible verses and oh, i cool. saw it up in the mountains at this house and i was like i i need that and because you're right it's that's it's amazing i use that example a lot the other, I had a guy named Juan Lee on uh, last week, mm 
on the show. And he wrote a book called Love Made Simple. And it was interesting because I said, well, you know, he talked about how he had a learning disability. He didn't discover it till age 37. And he was like, but he doesn't call it a deficiency. He's like, what I realized is that that's my gift. Like I'm really good. God made me with all of it. And it's like, when you can lean into it and say, how am I unique? And my good friend, Arjun Sin, who's just the most amazing marketer ever, his whole mission is to help people discover what are they one of one at in the world. Mm. So he works with Tiger Woods. He works with Tiger's old caddy. He works with, you know, and these people come to him like Tiger's old caddy and says, hey, um, I'm Tiger's caddy. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, let's let's talk about this, right? Let's redefine this. (laughs) And it's like, you're the best caddy in the world. Right. And it, and it causes like, Oh yeah, you're right. Why would, why do I want to be his caddy when I can be the best caddy in the world? (laughs) No, that's awesome, man. You know, you say, um, I discover I was sort of dyslexic late in life. Um, I'm a very visual person and I used to be embarrassed to say to people in the meeting, say, "I, I don't understand the concept, you know, abstract things. I just, it's hard for me to grasp, but if you draw me a picture or, you know, whatever, I, I'll get it and, and I'll go very far. And so for me, uh, embracing that uniqueness that, that I have, uh, some people take it as a, a, as a crutch and go, well, you know, I'm, I'm dyslexic, dyslexic. And the way I think, I, I think sort of backwards in some things um, with my accountant, we're always having this thing. She's like, you're always like go to the granular level and I'm here. So we're always opposite, but we always come up with the, with the answer. So for me, you know, even making decisions, um, it's very unique the way I make decisions. And and so people go, why would you do that instead of this? And I'm going, well, because I'm thinking this way, that way. And then like, oh, okay, I I get it. But I I wouldn't do it that way. I'm like, that's fine. That's why I built seven companies and you haven't, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, right. We're all put together differently. Uh, for for a purpose too by the way <laughs> oh yeah definitely man i mean it's uh, you gotta embrace it you gotta embrace your uniqueness you know you, you, people repel that uniqueness they go well i wish i was taller blue eye whatever it is and we're always looking at something else but we never embrace ourselves and, and thank god okay you made me this way cool just figure out what gifts you've given me let me unpack this thing and and figure out what, what i'm really good at instead of comparing yourself and being miserable. So while we're on this topic, I'm going to go off script on this one because it's interesting. I went to the uh, concert recently. What, what is that? I'm not a big country fan, but I went to a country concert. Um, One of the big guys, right. Wearing his cowboy hat and his boots. And it was all the very popular music. Well, we go into the, we got the booth seats because we bought them the day of and we go in and they go, oh, you have to buy tacos six at a time or nachos six at a time because it's a whole big VIP booth. Well, finally, three girls come in, three guys come in. And then this couple, the one guy's from Mexico and his wife's from Spain. It, and, and I don't want to ruin the punchline of the story. Apparently, like halfway through, we get an offer. Hey, would you like a shot of this tequila? And it was 1942 Don Julio, the good, uh, the good stuff, 24, mm-hmm. 42, whatever. And we're like, okay, cool. And so I show them my app. I'm like, hey, man, yeah, we just launched this app called 77 Prey. You should check it out. 
And it, we had a great conversation about their love of Jesus and everything else. Well, we ended up hanging out the rest of the night for like two, three hours. We went across the street to a bar, got to know this couple really well. And he goes, did you see what happened in the booth? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you can't afford the Don Julio and you can't even afford the six pack of tacos. And he's like, what are you talking about? I bought the whole booth. He was the guy who put together the whole booth that everyone else bought from. His mom owns 4,000 acres in Mexico. Oh, wow. And yet it was interesting because when we talk about uniqueness, you know, to me, he's just a cool dude that gave me a shot at tequila and we're all brothers and sisters under God. And, but to the lady that was serving him, she was like, huh, do you have enough money? It's like, yeah, I bought the suite lady. So it took a while to figure that out. So I asked him, I said, Hey, you're from Mexico and your wife's from Spain. What percentage of the time do you feel treated differently? And he guessed it to be 5%, which I was like, man, that's 5% too much. Like in America today, it should be zero. Um, do you, is that something recognizable these days or what's the, you know, on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being it's terrible to one being nothing. What right, is so, it to you? So for me, uh, I've always, well, you know, um, whatever they call me, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, whatever the hell they call, want to call me. I, I just ignore it. I am another human being. Yes. I'm, I moved from Chicago to Kansas. This is white rural America. And I tell you what, man, I love and respect the Midwestern culture. They, they, they embrace me. I've never been, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, amen. Call name or anything like that. Uh, uh, never, ever, 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 ever. So um, we, we used to run a company. It was an international company, a training, telecommunications training company. And we would have instructors from all over the, the U.S. and the world come here to the middle of Kansas and I had a guy from New York that came in. And he says, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, how do I do what? He goes, how do you live in this white rural America? He's white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to play the card with me. And I'm like, I'm like I said, dude, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. my, my, my Christian brothers. And, and you know, we're, I, don't, I really don't have an issue. <laughs> I don't, don't. So don't make an issue. So I've never had an issue. I had more of an issue when I was in Chicago back in the 70s. Than, than, than any time now. Got it. That's awesome. Well, there's a friend of mine, John Guiden, who played for the CU Buffs, and he did a TED Talk, and it's called The Race Card Has Expired. Yeah. And it's quite controversial, <laughs> but they even changed the name on YouTube. But his perspective was, you've got to investigate things when you think it's discriminatory. And so, like, for example, he's on the first class of an airplane, and he gets served last. And he was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, just a quick question out of curiosity, it, you know, out of all these 12 nice people up here, I was the one served last. I'm just curious. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally explainable. You've got the lowest points of every single person in here. It has nothing to do with anything other than you don't, you've got a hundred thousand points and that guy has 1.4 million. Any other questions? And he was like, yeah, you know, a lot VIP. of people would, <laughs> would associate it incorrectly with something different. And, and I think that's what, uh, you know, just pausing and making the question. like. Well, I, I think it's also a mindset. If you have the mindset of a victim, you will find anything that offends you and all sorts of things, you know, it's just a mindset. I, I'm a, I have a very strong mindset. I'm, you know, 
I, yeah, you're I one of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't have a chip on my shoulder or anything like that. So I'm not going around like a victim. I'm going around like, you know, trying to help people and do things. So uh, yeah. people need to change their mindset. I'm not sensitive about, I mean, I could tell you a Mexican joke right now if you want to, but <laughs> probably, you know, frown upon or whatever. But it, I, I could take a joke. I could, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm not that sensitive. All right, so let's move to the next question. Um, sure. Everybody faces something tough in life. And I know you shared with me when we were in Florida, you know, one or two of the very tough things you've had to go through. Um, is there is there something you're comfortable sharing on the podcast? What was that just hard thing for you? And how did you get through it, right? What got you through to the other side? Yeah, so I think the hardest thing has been, you know, we lost our son. He was diagnosed with uh, you know, an operable brain tumor at age six. It was September of 2006, and he passed January 1, 2007. Those were like the toughest three months of my life. But at the same time, I saw God in this whole thing because, you know, people ask God for things. God, give me strength. God, give me patience. God, and God doesn't give it to you when you want it. God sends it to you when you need it. Mm -hmm. So when I would pray for something, like I said, give me strength to be able to help my son have, uh, you know, the quality of life or whatever, or help my family, uh, my, my wife deal with this whole thing. I was very cool, man. And I was, I don't know, it was eerie that would God really give you the peace and to say, I'm with you. I'm going to take you through this. And because of our faith, we know that the goal in this life is not to accumulate toys, riches, and fame. Our goal is to work our bodies off to go to heaven and live a better life you know, for eternity. And so if the goal is for you to go to heaven and live a great life, then my son accomplished that goal at age seven. Mm. I am 59, and I am still struggling with this. I wish God would have taken me at age seven. So I wouldn't have to go through the struggles that I've gone through. I'm just saying like, you know. Yeah, right. Like right. No, but that's great. It's he reached the finish line exactly. when he was supposed to reach the finish line. Exactly. Yeah. And so once you accept that, it's easier. It's easier to deal with any, any, any hardship. Well, you call it hardship. We call it test. For yeah. us, it's a test. And um, you pass the test and then gra God graduates you to the next level. Then after him, you know, we had twins with Down syndrome, preemies, they were premature and they were in the hospital for months with a lot of uh, health issues and things like that. That was pretty tough as well. But again, you know, with God, you could do anything. Yeah, that's right. Wow. That's, that's, I love how you, how you've been able to understand that even in the hard stuff. So people go through things and even in their toughest things, God shows up. And like you said, it, you were at peace. Well, you know, they, they curse God. There's a lot of people that have the bad habit of cursing God. And, you know, if you think it, I always explain to people on the natural level, if you and I are good friends and you have a lot of money and you have a lot of power, why would I curse you? Why would I not want to be, befriend you? Because I know you could help me. 
it just makes total sense in the natural level. Well, in the supernatural level, it makes much, much more sense because God is the source of everything. Everything. Yeah. Health, finance, whatever, happiness, whatever you want. He's the source. And so to me, it's illogical not to trust them or curse them or not, you know, trust them in a sense that he's sending you something. You're like, I don't know why you're sending me this. This is what I say. When something happens, we, my wife and I said this, we don't know why you're sending us this. We'll accept it. And we're going to work through it because you're going to guide us through this thing. And it just happened. So you surrender basically uh, your will to him. So as a, as a father with my children, they don't know, especially the little ones, they don't know why I'm saying you're not, you can't have that candy or this or that or whatever. They don't know. It's for their own good. So we're the same thing. You know, God is the perfect father and he does everything that he does for us is for for our, our well-being. Well, I love this Malachi 3.10, and there's different versions of it. So this is King James Version. I'm going to read this. I like a different one even better, but this one's pretty darn good. Bring, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. I used to think of tithe as 10%, and I always felt short of that. And my dad and my brother always hit it. And so I was always like, well, someday I'll live up to theirs. Well, now I look at tithe as time, talent, treasures. Notice treasures in listed first in that when people roll that off their tongue. Time, talent, treasures. So in my new day job with my you know, profit business, I'm only doing 30 to 40% of that. And I'm doing 60% time, talent, treasures. And I'm like, and, it, and I can see. So then it says, so that there may be food in the house. And prove, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. Uh, it says, unleash the floodgates of heaven in another translation. Yeah. And it's like, as I've done 50 to 70% above quota, right? Of 10%, you can feel the floodgates of heaven open up. It's so rewarding. And it's yeah. like, prove it. Any in one translation, it says, test me. And it's like, eh, God never asked you to test him. So be careful <laughs> of the translation read. But prove, prove this is like, yeah, just try it and I'll prove it to you. Right. And and yeah. that's a it's meaningful. And and it sounds like you've lived your life that way. So amazing. Yeah. We're trying. Um, all right. Next question. If it's three years from today and we're back on the podcast, or maybe I see you back in Sarasota three years out. Maybe I've got a few more grays on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, you know, hey, how, what's, how's everything been for you the last three years? What do you say, looking back over the last three, what's transpired in your life? Uh, I would say, Chad, we built an eight-figure business. It didn't look like it was going to take off, and it just exploded. And uh, um, we helped build a new church, um, uh, helped three charities that we have. And we're living the life, you know, living the dream. Um, last question. I'm going to jump ahead to this one. And that is around faith. What role we've talked about it, but I love this question. So maybe it'll cause you to answer in a slightly different way. What role does faith play in, in your journey? It's everything. It's, it's above everything. So um, as a businessman have core values, companies have core values. You have to have family core values. First of all, because if you preach about core values in a company, then you have to have family core values. And our core values and family is God, 
family and country. And that order, in that particular, you know, used to be arguable that the country was second, but our country is in shit, man. And, and we, need to, we need to fix it. We need to fix our families so that we could create, rebuild that country. So for me, it's God, family, and country. Um, and God is the trunk. We're, if we're attached to him, we're, we're the branches and, and graces are going to flow and we're going to grow and prosper. I believe that a thousand percent. Uh, so for me, it is uh, imperative that, that I go to church. So I'm Catholic, and I try to go to 715 Mass every day, every single day. And the reason why I do that is, is out of duty and out of love um, for God. Because I know that if I, quote unquote, take care of them, he's going to take care of me. It's like your, your children. If you had four children, and one of them is always seeking you out. Hey, daddy, how can I help you? Hey, daddy, can I mow the yard? Hey, daddy, here's your shoes. Hey, daddy, here's your, your, your slippers when you come home. Hey, daddy, daddy, daddy. I mean, you're going to love him to death. And if he asks you for anything, would you deny him anything? Right. Never. Right. No. Exactly. So you got to be a good son to our father, heavenly father, so that he can bless you beyond your wildest imagination. So I try to do that. I try to be a good son to my father. Wow. Um, I had a couple talks recently and one person in particular really sticks out. He was in jail, methamphetamine, married, the wife's a meth addict. They have a son together. He goes in and out of jail. Finally, the term he used was he was broken. He was like, I just was, it was about it. And mm -hmm. I was ready to take a razor blade and go in the back in the prison and because there was water, the guards wouldn't see it. And I'd just bleed out. And he was like, that was option A. Option B was turn my life over to God. And he goes, obviously, I chose to turn my life over. And he said, God started talking to him, saying, you got to go make amends here. You got to do this. You got to do that. <clears throat> what I'm curious about, and I've been asking my wife and friends, and <clears throat> a lot of times we, we, we have to be broken before we can truly turn our lives over to Jesus. But, but there's a lot of people who like, I was, I was raised Christian and I, have I been broken on a scale of compared to other people? Uh, not as much, but sure. I've gone through a head on car accident. I've gone through some pretty bad things in life. Um, but what is it about the brokenness? Why is it that it takes people sometimes to get into jail at the bottom before they finally wake up? What do you think would, can, can you can you do it a better way than having to hit the bottom? Or <laughs> what's that all about? Well, no, I, I, again, I've talked to a lot of people that have hit bottom and my, my thoughts on that is that God needs to strip you out of your pride because pride gets on the way. Look at Lucifer. Mm. Um, the prime example of pride in as long as you, you have pride, you're going to think you're on you're everything that you don't need God or anything like that. And sometimes some of us learn the hard way and, and some people don't. So for those us, they, uh, we learn the hard way, we have to hit bottom and feel helpless to recognize that we are helpless without God. Very well said. Yeah, that's helpful. Well, Miguel, I've really enjoyed the conversation today. I, I enjoyed getting to know you <clears throat> out there in Florida. And um, any, any final words of wisdom or advice that you would give to our listeners on, you know, how to live a better story? 
just befriend God. I mean, really try to look at him as a, as a father. Don't, don't look at him as a, as a just judge or he's going to judge you. Look him as a father. He'll forgive you. There's forgiveness. There's love. There's, there's gifts that, that he could pour down on you. And, and it just makes sense to do it. It doesn't cost you anything. Try it. You know, start and, and, and embrace it. And again, you know, like I said, you try to be a good son or a good daughter so that he can pour those blessings onto you. Because honestly, on the natural level, if you have children and one of them is one of the, you know, the runaway kid, the, the troublemaker or whatever, and the other one's always there helping you, you're going to help the one that wants to be helped. The other one, it will take him to get broken to, for, for him to come back for you to help him out. So, uh, you know, for me, the thing that changed me quite a bit was when I started looking at God as a father. Mm, that's amazing. If somebody's listening today and they want to be involved in an eight figure business and helping you take number eight to success, um, tell us a little bit more about natural choice company so that they can read and how would they reach you? Yeah. So uh, natural choice company, we are trying to, um, Produce anything that touches your skin, in, in all natural, no no chemicals or anything like that. The toilets that we're doing, they're 100% natural. And uh, they create a barrier over your hands, like a virtual glove, so you don't have to be put, putting sanitizer on your hands. This is a revolutionary product. There's nothing like this in the market. So they want to support us on that. That, that would be awesome. You could uh, um, find me on Instagram, MAG Patriot, or... Um, you want to shoot me an email, Miguel at naturalchoicecompany.com. Excellent. Everybody, we've been talking to Miguel Garcia from Natural Choice Company. And thanks for sharing so much with us today and, and with our audience. Uh, it, it makes intuitive sense. If you haven't tried having a relationship with your creator, the father of everything, it doesn't hurt to try and just wait till the blessings get poured out. They will. They always do. They will. Chad, thank you very much. This has been the best podcast I've been in, involved. You had great questions, and I can see you love this. I love your message. I love the fact that you created the app, and, and I love where you're going with this. So anything I could do to support you, let me know. All right, my friend. Great to have you on. Thanks, everybody. Catch you on the next Living Better. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. <laughs>